0: You know I love a high-low moment. From the heart of New York City. Morning, people. It's Morning People with Preston Conrad. Yep, into it. And it all starts right now. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. Welcome to Morning People. Happy Monday. It is a brand new week. I'm here with my Starbucks Holiday Cup, which you know, you guys know, this is like my Super Bowl. The holiday season I love, and you know I love my Starbucks Holiday Cup, so I'm feeling quite energized. Guys, we have a lot to talk about today. I was part of something kind of incredible last week. I was invited to a summit at the mothership. I'm not talking about Google. I'm not talking about Amazon. I'm talking about Instagram. I was invited to a invite-only summit at the Instagram headquarters, guys, at IG here in New York City, and it was called Instagram IRL. Instagram in real life. It was a summit for fashion and beauty creators that was all about what's happening on the platform, addressing the rumors about the platform, what's coming up next, tips and tricks to grow your audience, keep moving forward with your content win at Instagram, make money on Instagram, and I felt so lucky to be included, guys. Um, And I wanted to, there's, I did sign an NDA when I walked in, we all did, which is a non-disclosure agreement, so there are some things I can't share with you, and there were some parts of the day that we had to actually put our phones away, because they did not want us to record or share some of this info that is not quite public yet, but almost everything from the day is public. And I've been getting tons of questions on Instagram, on DM about what the day was like, what happened. And I am dedicating this entire podcast episode to the Instagram Summit. I want you guys to reap the benefits that I reap from this. You know, I, first of all, let me just say, I feel so lucky that I was invited. I don't even know how I got in the room. I don't know how they let me in the room. <laughs> um, but I want to be able to share and give back because I know a lot of you guys that, are on this podcast journey with me. You are fellow content creators, you are influencers, you are models, you are photographers, stylists, and I think everybody could benefit from this information, not just the few people that were invited to this summit. So I want to give you guys... The full deep dive, I have to say, it was so hysterical. I, for some reason, was really nervous to go. Like, I think it's because Instagram runs such a massive part of everyone's lives. And um, the Instagram headquarters was is based uh, in the Facebook offices, obviously, because they are owned by Facebook. Can you guys hear those beeping cars out there? Anyway, uh, so I showed up and I had this weird fear that I was not going to be let in. I can't, I can't explain it. Like, I showed up. I got two coffees that morning. I was really excited. I wore a super cute outfit, took the train down to um, the village. They are located down on Broadway, just um, south of Union Square. And I went in and I instantly started recognizing people in the lobby. There were like supermodels that I knew. There were chefs that I knew. There were other influencers that I recognized. And we were all kind of just like hanging out in this lobby area. It was kind of bizarre. It was like the first day of school. People kept showing up and you would recognize them and you were too nervous to talk to them. So I showed up. I was then ushered over to a Facebook style tablet that I don't know if these are released to the public yet, but I think they're called gizmos or something. And they have this wall of these tablets and you walk up and you enter all of your personal information. And then there was a prompt to enter the email address associated with your invite. So I typed in my address and it said, I'm sorry, there's no email address associated with this invite. And I started panicking. I was like, great. I knew it. I was invited by accident. I should not be here. This is so embarrassing. Now people have seen me. What am I going to do? And then I'm like, wait a minute. Let me type in my agency address because I use my creative agency's calendar on Google as the main calendar because it has the most stuff on it. So I typed in that address and it was like, congratulations, you are now entered in the queue to receive your badge. So rest assured, I was on the list. And then after I, I used the little gizmo thing. I then had to wait in another line, and they were calling out people one by one and giving them an official Instagram pass to get into the corporate office. So I was so nervous because I saw people that were coming after me were getting their passes before I was, and I'm like, great. I somehow made it through the email scam, but I'm really not supposed to be here. Rest assured, I got my pass, and we were ushered upstairs to the third floor of the Facebook offices, which is just like Instagram Overload there are like murals on the wall There's a giant taxi in the middle of the floor that says like Instagram Facebook and You can get in the taxi you can take Instagram pictures. It is like Candy for content creators. So we were ushered into this large room and we had breakfast and kind of a networking time So from 9 to 9 30, of course, you know me I was there at 8:58. <laughs> I was there first we we're waiting in this room Um, And we got to really network. So I got to walk up to the people that I had seen down in the lobby, kind of introduce myself. Oh, hey, I recognize you from so-and-so. Got to hang out with some people that I already knew, which was nice. And it kind of made me feel a little less nervous. Um, And after, of course, no one was eating, by the way. There was breakfast, but you know, no one eats. It's so crazy. Like no one, there was all these like yummy snacks and no one was having anything except coffee, which is a true New York problem. But um, I, I didn't eat myself because I had eaten breakfast here at home. But so that we were then ushered into a main room that I think was it was like a um, an auditorium kind of space, and it was the first time I believe it was really being used. So basically, I don't know if you saw on my stories. There was this beautiful wall that the entire wall is a video unit, like a video screen. And there was a very chic kind of stage with sofas for the moderators. And then we got to sit on sofas as well. So everybody kind of, again, the first day of school thing, like picked people to sit with on the couch. I uh, was sitting with Garrett Neff. I don't know if you guys know Garrett. He is like male supermodel of the universe and also launched his own um, swimwear line called Katama, which I wear all the time. So I was sitting with Garrett. I was sitting with Sophia Rowe. She is an incredible chef based in Brooklyn. So got to sit with some people that I know. And then the day started, guys. Ava Chen kicked off the day with Kirsty Dash. Um, and Ava is the head of fashion at Instagram. So I guess you could consider Ava like the Anna Winter of Instagram, right? She would almost be like the editor-in-chief of the fashion department of Instagram. And she does come from the editorial background. She comes from Teen Vogue. She was at Lucky Magazine. So it only made sense for her to come over to IG. But she kicked off the day, gave us a run of the day. And basically, we started the day with a section called Instagram in the hot seat. So it was all of the dirty questions, the down and dirty stuff that all of us want to know, the theories, the conspiracies, and we got to ask those questions directly to the source, right? So the, let, me, let me actually back up and, and touch on something that I thought was really helpful, and it was part of the introduction to the day, and there were two slides on this video wall. One was kind of showing the history of Instagram, where we started, where we are now, what we're doing now on the platform. And there were two images that really stood out to me. One was, it said then, and then one said now. On the then slide, it said then. Instagram is where I show my photos, right? So that's talking about when the, when the app launched, we would show photos of, you know, our work or our apartment or our dog or, or anything that inspired us, Right. Instagram is where I show my photos. And then on the now slide, it said, Instagram is where I show myself. And that brought up this larger conversation, which was kind of the theme of the day, which is that the platform has seen a massive shift, right? We have kind of all been saturated to death with the same like avocado toast pictures, pink Instagram wall, lay flat of your jewelry on the table. That's not working anymore right what instagram is about now is about it's about us it is there's a, there's a massive shift to personality driven content right like we have amassed this list of people that we're following it used to probably be like 50 people 100 people and now I, you know i follow i follow thousands of people i follow everything from brands to pets to foodies to whatever right and we now want to know more about these people, right? We want to know everything from what they do when they wake up to how they work out, what they eat, what causes they stand behind, what makes them cry, what makes them laugh. And let me just preface the whole day of, or this whole podcast with, just keep that in mind, that Instagram really now is about you. They, you know, Ava mentioned that the content they're seeing do really well is the content that's more, personal. And they credit this to the rise of stories, right? Because stories has kind of like trained us to expect more from our creators. Like we, we've we seen the glossy, pretty version of them on our Instagram feeds, maybe the cover of the magazine they were on or their portfolio or a cool event they went to. But then stories has let us in, right? Stories has let us into their lives. We want to know everything about their personal lives. And that's making the feed become more personal too. And people are engaging more with that kind of content on the feed as well. So as you guys are thinking, if you're brands, if you're photographers, creators, whatever you are, even if you just work a normal job and you want to grow your Instagram following, think about reflecting as much of your personality or your brand's personality or the behind the scenes or whatever it is on the Instagram feed itself, not just on stories. So let me just get that out there now. But the very first question we got or that was being asked was about, this is a funny word, the algorithm, right? Is my content being hidden? Uh, How can I beat the algorithm? What are the tips and tricks? Why are you hiding my content? And at the end of the day, there's a simple answer. The answer was, there is no way to beat the algorithm. Yes, there is an algorithm and Instagram, they, they don't use the word out the, the word algorithm, they call it feed ranking. And I guess the best way to understand why feed ranking is so important now is that so we launched or Instagram launched and we were using it, it was in chronological chronological order, right? So, like if you posted something in the morning and then your mom posted pictures of her cat. Uh, or her cookies or whatever, after that, you would see everything in chronological order. Ava mentioned that because we used to follow such a small amount of people when the app started, you know, 50, 100 people, it was your friends, it was your family, it was your favorite shoe brand, whatever it may be, that that no longer is the case. Like, we follow so many people, right? If I follow thousands, maybe you follow a thousand people, and then all of a sudden, Kim Kardashian... uh, or one of the Jenners, comes on Instagram and posts like 10 pictures in a row, if they were chronological still, those pictures would bury the pictures that were important to you. So you wouldn't see your friend's cat, you wouldn't see your mom's cookies, you would only be seeing what's happening chronologically. So they say that the feed ranking is really to customize what you see and to make sure you don't miss content from your favorite people, which in apparently most cases, is family and friends and favorite brands. So they did mention, you know, every time you comment or you like on something, you are basically customizing your feed. So your actions on Instagram customize what you see on Instagram. So if there's someone you haven't been seeing and you're like, oh, wow, I, don't, I really miss her content. Like, I have no idea why I don't see her stuff. It's because you don't engage with her. So you need to start dropping those likes, leaving comments on um, her photo, and then she'll then pop back onto your feed. Watch her stories, all that jazz. So uh, yes, there's an algorithm. No, there's no way to beat it. The only way they say to quote, beat it, and it's not even beating it, but it's just to play the game, is to participate. And I've said this before, right? Engage with people, comment on their photos. If you love someone's shit, let them know. They want us to use the app the way the app was created, right, like engage with people, Tell people what you love and um, keep the engagement high. So that is their note on the algorithm. The second major question was about getting rid of likes. And there's an answer for that. Yes, they are playing with the likes. And the main answer is no. They are not removing Likes. They're not getting rid of likes. The entire platform was built on you liking people's content and people liking your content. They're not going to get rid of likes. But yes, they are going to hide the likes from public view. And they've been testing this in, I, I think they said, five to seven countries. And they said that they found a lot of success with it. And Ava Chen actually mentioned that she has her Instagram currently set to use this new feature. She hasn't had likes, and I think she said eight months, and she says she loves it. And I guess the best way to explain it would be to say, like, if you walked into your apartment and you spent all of this time curating your apartment, making it beautiful, and the minute you opened the door, you saw something, a giant number, instead of seeing your beautiful decor and all the work you've put into it, it would get annoying. And They're now hiding the number, so it's not the first thing you see. So, from what I understand, and it sounds like, by the way, guys, it sounds like they're going to start rolling this feature out in the United States this week. So, we may start losing the ability to see people's likes this week. And I'm going to tell you my opinion on this too, because I have some thoughts. But the way it would work is once it all kind of switches over, you would still see the content, the image. You would still see all of the comments, but the but you would not see the likes on someone else's account. So if you guys are watching my account, you would not see the amount of likes a picture got. I will still have access to it. You will still have access to your likes, but it won't be the first thing you see. From what I understand, you need to click on something or hit a button or hit a word that will reveal to you how many likes your picture has received. So, you know, for me... I'm getting to the point where I actually really think this is going to be helpful for me, not only from like a mental health point of view, but just from a content creation point of view. Like I used to use this platform to share everything from cute pet stuff to landscape photography to, you know, snaps of a clothing rack at a department store that I thought was beautiful. And it wasn't just pictures of myself, but Because pictures of myself are what get the likes from you guys, that's what I put out there. And at the end of the day, as a creative, I want to feed myself too, not just feed this beast and feed what gets likes. So if I'm able to not worry about that and not worry about how many likes people see, I think I might be more inclined to just put out good content that makes me happy, that rounds out my brand a little bit more. So I actually think this might be really beneficial. and. Yes, I'm getting a lot of questions about what this will do to my income, to my brand as a creator. And from what I understand, what they told us at the summit, you will still have full access to your analytics, to your um, engagement levels. And you can send all of those screenshots over to brands. So if you're doing a paid post with a brand or a brand is interested in working with you and they ask to see uh, your account analytics, you can still totally send that over. But... Um, It just takes the pressure off. It just takes the pressure of us needing to perform and perform at the highest level every day. It takes that off the table. So I'm really excited about that. And I think it will actually be very helpful to uh, a lot of people. Next, I want to talk about hashtags and video. We are going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to jump into hashtags. Somebody asked how many hashtags I should be using, and they had a very good answer. And we'll get into it right after this quick break. Okay guys, I am gonna let you in on a little secret on how I launched my podcast. It is all about Anchor. Anchor is a free podcasting platform Packed with creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for free so it can be heard on all your favorite platforms from Spotify to Apple Podcasts to many, many more. Guys, you can also make money right from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It is everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And we are back. We are talking about the Instagram summit that I went to at the corporate office for Instagram last week here in New York, giving you guys all of my insider info from the day. And I want to jump into hashtags with you guys, because that was a question I thought was really interesting from a audience member to the Instagram corporate team. So they do recommend using hashtags. To answer the question, yes, I am guilty of being one of those people that... I keep my hashtags like, I don't know, I wanna say it's like 20 or so, 20 hashtags that I know perform really well. I keep them in the notes section of my phone and I basically copy and paste them into my caption after after writing my caption. So after I have written what I need to say, like Tuesday morning outfit, I'll then paste in the hashtags That apparently is not the best practice anymore, and I am going to change things up a little bit. So I use, you know, I heard you could use up to 50 hashtags. That's kind of what the rumor was about how many you can use, and I've been using a shitload. But Instagram, from the source, they say to use three to five is ideal, which I still think is crazy, and they say 10 being the maximum. So I need to get a grip on my hashtag usage. And they also say to change it up a lot. You know, they didn't really address uh, if things get shadow banned. And I know shadow banning is like if you use a hashtag too often, sometimes it doesn't show up. uh, Your content won't show up in that hashtag anymore. They kind of said that doesn't happen. And I, I haven't experienced that. So I don't know if it really does. But you should change up the hashtags consistently. So I use hashtag menswear every day. And I just feel like, based on the conversation, that my content's getting buried under that hashtag by me using it every single day. So I am going to start changing it up a little bit. And they did mention to be more specific with the hashtag to. The content. So, you know, this weekend I posted a picture of me at Target shopping for like Christmas decorations, right? So instead of my normal menswear, men's outfit of the day, whatever my normal hashtags were, I changed it up a little bit and used, you know, specific ones to the image like Target does it again, hashtag Target finds hashtag love target, those kind of things, right? Like really tailor the hashtags to the content. So if you're a brand, uh, maybe you're dropping a new product, new release, you know, I would look online, look on Instagram, see how active those hashtags are. And again, I've recommended this in the past. Use a blend of hashtags that have a high population of content, like a million, and then use a hashtag that has a smaller amount so your content will be seen quicker. So maybe like 20, 30,000 images attached to it. Um, I don't usually use hashtags that are connected to less than like 5,000 images just because that means typically they aren't like a super popular hashtag. So yeah, that was the, uh, the hashtag convo. They also mentioned, someone asked, you know, should I be putting them in the caption, which is what I do. And they suggest to put them in the comments. And I know a lot of you, uh, listening, you do that. You put the, the hashtags in the comments, and I don't think it matters when you comment with the hashtag. So they, they explained it as in the way that whenever the hashtags are added is when they will start working so if you put up a post new outfit this is what i'm wearing today new uh new merchandise in the store today and then you forget to add the hashtags and you go at, you go back and add them in you know two hours later and a bunch of people have commented they'll still show up but they won't be effective as to you know until you put them up so interesting little thing about hashtag yes you should still be using them oh you should be following hashtags. Apparently like 100 million people or something follow hashtags every day. Um, By the way, there are 1 billion users on Instagram and 80% of them are not in the United States. So if you travel, if you have the chance to get on a plane and get to another country or get to, even if you live in the States, you're in Canada or you're headed down to Mexico on a girl's trip, use the location tagging all the time. I know when I travel overseas, like when I was in Morocco, my engagement levels went through the roof because I was using all new locations and I had an entire new group of users that were seeing my content just by using a new location, whether that's the city, the hotel. I usually don't put the hotel where I am until I leave because no one wants to get like murdered in the middle of the night, but use the location tags wherever you are and keep in mind that 80%, guys, of Instagram users are not in the United States. So change it up. Let's talk about video. So this was another major uh, topic of the day, kind of a connective tissue. I would say if there were two giant takeaways from the day, one was show yourself and your personality, have fun, be you. And number two was use video, video, video. So this is kind of confusing for a lot of people because we often get in the groove on Instagram. And again, we deliver content that we know our followers want to see or that they're trained to see, right? We've kind of trained our audience at this point. It's probably been what Instagram started in 2012. And we've had a lot of years to train people of how to engage with us. And video you know, they described it at Instagram. They described it as like, look, we're now trained, we are scrolling, 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 and we're not even tapping a lot anymore. But when all of a sudden something is moving or sparkly or has music, we are inclined to stop and at least give it a second look, which sounds simple, right? It sounds simple. Like we have this tool that we can use Multiple plat- you know, uh, types of content on whether it's photo, boomerang, video, um, but video makes you stop a little bit, right? And if someone watches three seconds, it's three seconds, by the way, of your video, it counts as a view. And they didn't address this, but I feel like video is getting more attention. Like I feel like video is seen more. To be honest, um, when I post videos, they get thousands of views as opposed to a static post where we, you know they'll get you know maybe twice the amount of views that a static post will so I think they're seen more but they their main purpose is that they're gonna cause the user to stop and take a second look and as long as they take three seconds that counts as a view guys right you know they're saying to use all the surfaces differently so they count things as surfaces at Instagram. So the feed is one surface, what you put on the feed, right? Maybe that is the, the glossier uh, version of you mixed with you know some of your personal life, you and your friends, you and your dog. Then the uh, stories is a separate feed, right? That's the most invite-only access to you. Then live is another surface, right? That shows the in-the-moment version of you. And then IGTV is the last surface, right? That's the long-form video version of you. So they're saying to use all the surfaces and incorporate video into all of them. I mean, if you look at these surfaces, let's see, Stories, Live, and IGTV, three of the four are video. So that gives you an idea of where the shift is going. So, you know, video is also a great way, they were saying, to um, utilize, this is really funny because a lot of people that create content on Instagram often don't want to post the same outfit multiple times. They don't want to put like, oh, I can't wear that dress again. I can't wear this jacket again. I've worn it on Instagram already. They were saying that you, if you're thinking that, you're thinking in the wrong way. Use the outfit to your benefit, right? So maybe you posted a picture of a really cool jacket and it's really recognizable and you posted that on a Monday. I don't know. If you have video, of that outfit. Maybe it's you just talking about what you're wearing. Maybe it's you crossing the street. Maybe it's you goofing around with your friends. Use that as a brand new piece of content and post it a few days later, right? We have to get out of this culture of like, oh, I already shot that um, sitting in that chair once. I can't sit in that chair again. We're overthinking it. I think the big message was stop overthinking everything and use the surfaces, use the different types of content we're allowed to post to your advantage, right? So when you guys are out shooting content, if you're a brand, you're capturing all new um, an all new collection, yeah, you're shooting static images of it, but shoot boomerangs, shoot some behind the scenes video. If you are going to a fashion show, of course, post the uh, pictures of the models on the runway, but do you have video of what it was like getting into the fashion show? What was it like when you found your seat? Um, did you meet anyone cool there? Do you have video of that, right? So yes, it involves using your phone more, thinking more, capturing more, saving more, but it's going to give you more content to post. And if it's video, that is going to do really, really well. So, you know, in having all these surfaces, you want them all to be connective. You want them to all have the same message, but you should treat them differently and put in um, different types of content on different surfaces. So we love that. Uh, let's see. Oh, next thing, guys. People ask about what types of things are more often to be seen besides video. So, you know, if they ranked, uh, people were asking about vertical images versus landscape versus square images. The answer is vertical. Vertical is key. And the way they described it was, look, you should be using the most real estate On the phone screen. So if Instagram is set up to be vertical, like your phone, shoot everything in vertical. Landscape, you know, you crop out a lot of the image. You have a white bar on the top and on the bottom. So you're really limiting what the follower can see. So they ranked it uh, in this order. They ranked it vertical as number one. They ran it as, uh, then they ranked square as number two and landscape as number three. So that's just something to keep in mind if you are gonna post something other than video. But speaking about video, I wanna quickly jump into IGTV as our last topic because we spent a lot of the day talking about IGTV. There was a really great guy who joined the stage midway through uh, the day, and he's, I guess, one of the heads of IGTV, and he comes from YouTube. So he knows what is going on. I wanna say his name was John, but I'm the worst with names, so I probably forget. But he was there to talk about the success of IGTV, the future of IGTV, and what we should all be doing. And Instagram recently rolled out a feature that I think um, everyone has at this point, which is called Series. And it allows you to kind of develop a franchise for yourself, your own kind of television show within IGTV. And that is the push right now. The push is IGTV and franchise it. Franchise what you're doing. So, you know, again, we've trained our followers. We've trained these people. And what they crave, it's like a puppy. A puppy craves schedule and consistency. And that's what our followers crave as well. So develop a franchise. So maybe it's every Wednesday you do Wellness Wednesdays with Barbara. And that is your IGTV video. And your followers can start looking forward to something. Like Katy Perry has... A new IGTV series, and it's called Potty Talk, and she basically records acoustic versions of her songs in a bathroom and puts them on IGTV. But the format is recognizable, the um, content is recognizable, the people are recognizable. So when you get that alert that Katy Perry has just put up a new IGTV, you know what to tune into, right? It's like when you sit at home and watch your favorite TV shows; you watch them for a reason. So. I'm guilty of this. Like my IGTV, I've still been experimenting with it. So, you know, I'll put up one that's a skincare thing. I'll put up one that's me making a smoothie. I'll put up one that is, you know, how to wear white jeans. But yeah, they're all connected because it's about style and lifestyle. But I'm personally, I know I'm going to start franchising them more and giving them more of a niche, right? To give you guys something to look forward. Just like this podcast, you know what you're getting out of this podcast. If you're tuning in, you know what you want to get out of it. Treat IGTV the same way. The other main takeaway for IGTV was to produce with purpose, right? So yes, it can be more expensive. Yes, it can be more time consuming. You may need to get some helpers. You may need to get some video editors involved. But at the end of the day, that well-produced content that is informative, that shows your personality, that's fun, that's the content that does really well on IGTV. So maybe you're thinking, okay... I'm ready to do it, but I'm not ready to spend. I don't know, I don't want to spend all this money or time developing something for IGTV, maybe it's a franchise, a series, a show, and then have no one like it. And their main response was, again, very simple. It's like, you guys have stories at your disposal. Use that as a workshop. Use it as a workshop to try out your ideas first, right? Maybe you start running Wellness Wednesdays on stories. Does it do really well? Do people tap through it and maybe the exit rate is really high on those? If that's the case, Maybe that's not your best type of content to to put onto IGTV with more of an investment, right? Um, The question sticker, the poll sticker, use those on your stories as a way to literally ask, oh, i got a text message, huh? Um, Use those poll stickers and question stickers as a way to ask your audience directly, what do you want to see? Do you like my Wellness Wednesdays or do you not? You know, they really say to use stories as a um, workshop, for larger longer form content like IGTV. And by the way guys, I get this from a lot of my friends. Do not worry about stories. Don't overthink it. They're disposable. They go away in 24 hours. I know too many people, I can count 10 people right now that really overthink their stories and they overproduce it and they're like, "Oh wait, no, I can't post that. I have to re-report it." Stories should be the most raw real form of content that you create. that will go away in 24 hours and it's a good way to find out what works and what doesn't. So use stories as a way to workshop your IGTV and start putting IGTV out there. Again, you have three seconds. The first three seconds is what counts as a view. So in those first three seconds, at least do something fun or tell people what you're going to talk about in that video. So they're more likely to tune in and watch the rest of your video. Maybe do a little tease quickly in the beginning or do something funny that grabs attention right in the beginning. But anything you can do at the top of the video will only prolong people um, in the video with you and they'll spend more time watching your content. Guys, I feel like I have um, a hit on all of the main topics from the Instagram Summit. I'm here to help you help me, right? We're all here together. Let's help each other. So if you do have more questions, If you have more comments about what I learned at the Instagram summit, or if it's something you just want to talk about privately, just send me a DM. I'm totally happy to answer them for you uh, if it's in my realm of knowledge. But hopefully you guys found this helpful. I thought it was inspiring to kind of dump all this info for you at the beginning of the week so you guys can kind of regather your Instagram strategies for the week and put out amazing content, build your brands, make some coins, and just thrive, honey. Um, Okay, guys, I'm going to go get my week started. But thank you again for tuning in. As always, you know, send me messages on morningpeoplewithpreston at gmail.com or send me on DM. And I will talk to you soon. And in the meantime, stay stylish.